This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Praise the Lord. That sounded great. Hi, everybody. It's so good to be with you. I'm so humbled and so blessed and so honored to be able to share the word with you as always. And I'm so grateful to mom and dad, Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for this, this opportunity. Can we just bow heads and pray for a moment? Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that your word has said that if two or more gather in your name, you are here in our midst. And Father, we honor you in our midst right now. Thank you, Father. That tonight, Father, we don't just come together to go through some religious format, but Lord, we come to have a God encounter. We come because you are here, Lord. And we thank you, Father God, that tonight, Lord, as you touch our hearts, we know that you would change us. And I thank you, Father God, for your word. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. I give myself completely to you. And thank you, you would take this word to our hearts, good seed to good soil, that it presents, it grows into a great harvest into our lives that many may receive from it. In Jesus' mighty name, anyone, anyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, family, I'm very, very excited, as I said, to be able to share with you today. We are on week number four, can you imagine, of Summer Essentials. My goodness, it felt like only yesterday that Pastor Greg did this great analogy for us of, you know, the, his bag of sun goodies and, and related that to our life essentials. And then Pastor Andre brought us this great message about walking wounded. It was quite something, wasn't it? That sword, wow. And then last week, Teacher Paul, also such an amazing blessing of my favorite character, Joseph, and all those hard knocks that he had to take. And we've just been so blessed to spend a week in Cape Town. It was just so awesome, and I kind of was so aware that, you know, in the summertime, there are just so many distractions, and that we should be so aware of ensuring that our essentials don't become secondary. Amen, family? And so tonight, <laughs> the message that I have for you is something that we've all experienced to a greater or lesser degree. It's something we don't want to think about. It's something we don't even want to say, but I dare you to say it. Everybody say pain. pain. <laughs> Talk. The title of my message is actually the purpose of pain, but I'm going to just kind of ask you this question. Would you say that just maybe somehow we can gain any value at all out of pain. Now, I want to tell you, my first response to that is like, no way. <laughs> I just don't want to even hear that word, right? But you know, family, it's amazing. If there's any doctors here tonight, they may say this to you. They may say, listen, pain is very valuable, and you need to, if you've got pain in your body, you need to attend to that sooner rather than later, right? And then we've got some of these fitness fundies, that would say things like, no pain, no gain. That's a bit hard for me to digest, how you would actually intentionally put your body through pain. <laughs> but that's why they look like they do and I don't. And then I would like to also think of us moms and dads, you know, like, yeah, that little bit of pain inflicted at the right time ensures that no actually goes a little bit further. You know what I'm talking about? But today I really want to look a little bit deeper into the, the subject of pain, because I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't like pain. In fact, I'm sure every and every one of you, you hate pain, and you will do everything in your power to avoid that, right? So I think if there's anybody here, maybe tonight, and you're experiencing some sort of pain, I want you to know this. First of all, that, that pain does not come from God. 
But here's an amazing thing, that if you have experienced pain or you have come through a painful situation and really been victorious because of the way that you've used your faith, can you not say that it's actually grown you? Family, isn't that the truth? In fact, in the book of James, chapter 1, from verse 2, it says this, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, I'm not for one moment saying that God is going to put pain or difficult situations in your life in order to grow you. But what I am saying is that God will give us victory, and in that, we will grow. Amen. What the enemy meant for evil, God will always turn to good. So if you came with any kind of pain today, I want you to know this, that the presence of God is here tonight, and God is more than able to take that away. And I want you to know that I believe that. I believe, as I said in my prayer, for signs and wonders and miracles, we, we don't just do this as a, something we do. We come to have an encounter with the Most High God. Amen. Amen, everybody. So I really believe that we are going to experience miracles here tonight. So if I could perhaps say that the thesis really of, of what I'm going to be teaching tonight is that the greatest lessons in life are almost always taught in their classroom of suffering. How many of you have experienced that? You know, as people speak about the university of hard knocks, that maybe those things that really have impacted our lives the most very often come out of very difficult situations. For those of you who have maybe got your degree, you'll think back on those times, those sacrifices that you made. I mean, those times, the stress that it took but my goodness, look at the impact it's had on your life. And so there are many of these situations that that happens, that it, it actually grows you as a person, and your faith grows. And perhaps even relationships have grown out of those situations. So the things that impact our lives the most, even now, mostly come out of those areas of pain or painful situations. Now, if you had asked me what is the most painful thing I ever experienced, that's very easy. It was childbirth, without a doubt. And here's the thing I want to tell you. I really wondered how it was possible that we even have siblings, that anybody has a sibling. But I want to tell you, a couple of years later, I was very ready to go through all of that again just so that I could produce a sibling for my child. And you see, because that child had such an impact on my life for who the child was as well as what it did for me. And so the truth of the matter is though we do try to avoid pain. And I really believe that if we find ourselves in a painful situation, that perhaps instead of just saying, oh God, just take this away, which we do and which we should do, but then also just say, what can I learn through this? Now it's possible that maybe some of you have come here today and maybe you're experiencing some kind of emotional pain and perhaps you've just gone through something, somebody's just hurt you really badly and perhaps you've come here right now and you're feeling hurt and you're feeling mad or you're feeling broken and you're just thinking, I'm never going to be able to trust that person again. In fact, I'm never going to be able to trust anybody again and what can God possibly teach me through that? Or perhaps maybe, you, maybe it's financial pain, maybe you just made a wrong decision and you find yourself now in the situation or maybe it's even because of the pandemic that you really find yourself stressed financially and you're thinking, God, where are you going to take me from here? 
What about maybe there's a heaviness on you because you've lost a loved one really close to you and you're really thinking, wow, I'm really battling to get on top of this thing. Or maybe just a pressure and you feel like you're walking around, you've got this black cloud that's just covering you. You just want to see a little bit of, of sunshine and you're saying, God, what can you teach me through this? Family, maybe it's physical pain. Maybe that thing is, you've been with you for so long and the doctors have said there's no more they can do for you and you're really having to deal with the pain of what seems to be a life sentence. And I want you to know that God is more than able. And family, we can learn something even through this situation. And so really, what I want to do tonight, I want to spend a bit of time doing a bit of a Bible study, looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, so if you have your Bibles, you can, you can just turn there. This is the second epistle or letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to this church in this area called Corinth. And he really does discuss this whole subject of pain. And just as an introduction, I want to read to you from verse 7, the B part. And he says this, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. And there's been so much taught about that. Right, he says, I was given a, a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, I am strong. So really, that, there's just a, a few things that I want to look at first of all, and that is I want to answer a couple of questions because when people are going through these things, they tend to ask these questions. And the first thing is this, where does pain come from? And that's important because so many times I've seen people that where things happen, they're like, God, why are you doing this to me? Or why is this happening to me? And family, I think it's important for us then to answer this question. And we see the answer right here in verse 7. The Apostle Paul says, there was given me a thorn in my flesh. Everybody say, a messenger of Satan. Right, to torment me. So God is not the one who gives us pain. God is not a pain giver. He's the pain taker right? I mean, why would he allow his son to die this most horrendous, horrendous death on the cross to take away our pain and then expect us to pay for that again? It doesn't even make sense. But you see, that is why we need to understand that, that it's not God that brings it. And yet so many people think, you know what, it's God that's putting this on me and maybe he's trying to teach me something. And I'm telling you, that's messed up theology, because John 10, verse 10, it's very clear. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. That is what God wants for us. So Satan is the messenger of pain. Let me give you some simple theology. Good God, bad devil. That's all it is, right? And let's not forget that the devil was an angel, of God. He was in heaven. What do angels do? They bring great encouraging messages from God to God's children. So the devil, we know, he got filled with pride. 
And God kicked him out of heaven, right? So he's still a messenger, but now he's a messenger of pain. And he wants to bring pain into our lives. And he wants to bring traumatic things into our lives. And so he is the messenger of Satan. What, I, 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 what he says here, for me, is so interesting. He says, a thorn in my flesh or a thorn in my side. And that kind of gives the impression of something that is relentless. It just sits there and it's painful and it just kind of doesn't leave you alone. And doesn't that remind you of things like, you know, when you know you've got a big day on tomorrow and you really need to have a good night's sleep, man, and you've got this mosquito all around your ears and you just, he messes up your whole night's sleep. And we forget it is the devil that's trying to just weigh us down. And he'll use these little, little things to keep us from focused on what God has got for us, to distract us from God's will for our lives. And the problem is that we tend then to focus on those things instead of focusing on God. And those little things can make such a big difference in our lives. So it's Satan and his plan to bring these things into our lives just to keep us from functioning properly and receiving all that God has for us. And so we need to understand that pain comes from Satan. And here's the thing, if we know that, then I think the next question is very simple. Then where is the target? If we know he's going to be doing this, we want to know where is he going to target so that we can deal with that. Amen? So again, we're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to look at verse 9. The Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness, right? Everybody say grace. Family, I want you to know the grace of God is always sufficient. And then he says, my power is made perfect. And here's the target area in weaknesses. How many of you got weaknesses? I'm sure no big deal. <laughs> but we all have weaknesses, Right? I think I'd like to call them maybe blind spots. You know, those areas that we maybe just tend to overreact or maybe just do the wrong thing or maybe just make bad choices. And here's the thing, you know, it's, maybe we don't see it so much in our own lives, but we see it so much more easily in somebody else's. You know, you have a friend and they just seem to make these dumb decisions. You know, you have this girl and she comes to you and she says, I met this guy and you think, I know the guys you meet. Who is he? And she tells you, and you're like, oh, no, 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 I, I, I know this guy. You just don't want to go there. This is not going to end well. And true enough, a couple of months go by, and then she comes to you, she's like, oh, I can't believe he did that. And you've got to bite your tongue, so you don't say, I told you so. Right? But family, are you not so grateful for those friends that you have? They told you so. And yet, when you come to them, they lift you up. They hold you. They walk you through those things. Amen. So you see, it's so, so important to do that. And, and it's so easy for us to see those tendencies in somebody else's life. But not so much in our own lives because they're blind spots. That's why they're called blind spots. Amen. There's just these areas. We just don't see it. And, and it might be things like, you know, you're trying to diet and then you binge eat. <laughs> you want to study, and you do binge TV watching. You want to save money, and then suddenly you go binge shopping. And you just need to have that somebody there to say, 
let me help you stay on track. It might even just be something really, really small. But you know, here's the thing. The devil is never going to attack you in an area that you are strong because he knows he's going to lose. I mean, for me personally, I, I know I'm determined. My, my dad used to say I'm stubborn. I call it determined. But I know I have weaknesses. And one of them is this, that I'm not that patient. God, forgive me. You know, I like things to be black or white, not good with the gray areas. But I'm working on that. So what is the greatest thing that we can do that would really reveal our weaknesses so that we can deal with them? Is that a good question? And the answer is in Hebrews chapter 12 from verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And I just love this word, surrounded. Could it be, family, that the single greatest thing that we can do to recognize and overcome our weaknesses is to have the right people around us? This word surrounded is very interesting. It's actually, the Greek word is echo. And let me ask you this question. Do you have the right people around you echoing the things you need to hear, not just the things you want to hear? Family, we need to be in groups. You want to have the right people around us. We need to be involved in groups where we know that we can take our smiling mask off and just be real. And just be ourselves and say, you know what? I'm struggling in this area. I need you to stand with me. I need you to help to be my accountability partner. And you know, we just, I want to tell you, we have great weekend services in this church. But family, the strength of this church is not only what happens on a weekend. It's what happened from Monday to Saturday. And I can assure you, near to you, there's a great group of people that are ready to be there to lift you up and to help you. And even if you say, listen, I need something a bit more than that, we have the most amazing freedom groups that run curriculums on all kinds of things, whether it's on battling of any kind of addiction, and that might just be chocolate. <laughs> you don't want to be free of that, me neither. It might be, it might be maybe... Maybe somebody, you've been through a divorce. Maybe your children need some divorce care. Maybe it's grief share that you need some help with. And then my best one, my favorite one, is the biblical principles of marriage. You know, if you want to do that one. <laughs> Have building good, solid marriages. So, you know, it may just be something in our lives that, you know, we just, we make rash, impetuous decisions, and we call them spontaneous. And they just add, they just end really badly. So I really encourage you to have the right people around you. And here's the question, why would you not want to do that? So that gives us the next target area, and that is our pride. The only reason that we would not want to open up to people is because of pride. And we see this again in verse 7. I mean, the Apostle Paul says, yeah, to keep me from becoming conceited, it would appear that he had an issue with pride. Let me read it to you. It says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh to torment me. 
You see, here's what we do. If we have something that we're battling with, we decide, well, you know what? We're going to fake it until we make it. And so we come to church, and people say, how are you doing? And you're like, no, I'm good. And God is good. And I'm at church, and that's good. It means that we're all messed up inside. And I tell you, I know couples, you come to church, I mean, you've had a raging argument the whole way to church. It's happened to the best of us. Maybe you haven't spoken to each other for a week. And then you come to church and pretend everything's fine. Mm, we're doing good. <laughs> Let me tell you something, family, that if, as long as we have pride and we won't allow ourselves to get into relationships where we can just be real with people and be honest, the devil is going to continue to mess with us in that area. James 4 verse 6 puts it this way. It says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. This word opposes is just amazing. It's actually the word repent. I mean, we know what repent means, right? It means do a face about and go the other way. I mean, if I want to change my life for Jesus, I'm going this way, I'm going to do a bad face, I'll go the other way. Now, this is the same word that's used here. It's the same word. God wants to pour out his grace on us. But you know, when we go to him and we only show him our strengths and we have pride in our lives, we actually create a wall and God opposes that pride. See, I just, it's so wonderful that we are forgiven as Christians. Aren't you happy that you're forgiven? But you know, family, we walk around, we're forgiven, but many of us are not whole. And I love 1 John 1, 9, I've worn it out, I'm sure. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And it's wonderful to have our sins forgiven. But are we whole? In James chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, if you confess your sins to one another, pray for each other so you may be healed. And that word is whole, so that we can be made whole. It's what a shame that we walk around, our sins are forgiven, we're going to heaven, but we are not fulfilling all that God has for us because we are not whole. You know, we're trying to, we want to be open and honest with people and be real so that they can see the weaknesses in our lives, so that they can see the problems that we're facing, so that they can lift us up, so that they can walk us through those things, and then we will be made whole. So now we know, we know who it is that brings in, the, the, who brings the pain. We know what those target areas are. And the third thing that I want us to, to know about is that pain happens. I mean, if there's any person here that can say you've never experienced any kind of pain, you've never been in any kind of painful situation, please come up and lay hands on me. <laughs> because we've all experienced it. Amen? But here's what happens. Once again, we don't post those things on social media. I mean, we only see what is great. So people look at those things and they're like, oh, I wish I had a life like that. I wish I had a family like that. I wish I had a marriage like that or the car or whatever it might be because we judge on what we see on the outside. But we do not know what people have gone through to get to that. So many people, oh, I wish I had a life like Apostle Thea and Dr. Bev. Let me tell you, you don't know the giants that they have had to slay to get where they are. 
You don't even know the things that they've, they've gone through. And then the Apostle Paul, the very one that is teaching us on this very subject. One chapter before that, he goes through all of the stuff he's been through. I need to read this to you. It's phenomenal. From verse 20, verse 11, chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, from verse 24, he says this, Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Remember that the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee himself. I mean, imagine this came from the Jewish people. Carries on and says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. And let me tell you, that sounds maybe a little bit less important than it was. They stoned him and left him for dead. That's what happened. In fact, many scholars think that the, the Christians came and raised him from the dead. That's how bad it was. Three times, I mean, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. He says, I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers. I've been in danger from bandits. I've been in danger from the Jews. I've been in danger from the Gentiles. I've been in danger in the city. I've been in danger in the country. I've been in danger, I mean, listen to this, at the sea, in danger from false believers. He says, I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for the churches. Who's weak that I don't feel weak? Who's led to sin that I don't inwardly burn? I listen to that and I'm like, how did this man go through all of that and still stay so positive and then still write letters that he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says, I've been content in any and every situation. And I'll tell you why, because Paul, Paul understood that there is a purpose in all of that. And so really I want to tie this up by, by speaking about the purpose of pain and go back to where we started right at the beginning. I want to read to you from chapter 12 and verse 8. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Family, isn't that just an amazing, amazing revelation? Because he starts out just exactly where you and I are at. God, just take this away from me. But then suddenly he gets this revelation that, man, I can be in, fulfilled with the Lord's strength. The Lord's strength is perfect in me when I give him my weaknesses and not come to him in my own strength. You see, Paul realizes that grace shows up in pain, that God's power is perfect in that situation. I'm going to just take you back for a moment to 1 Peter 5 verse 8. We know this, this very well. It says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Family, resist him, and he will, fur, he will flee from us. We need to 
resist him standing firm in the faith. In other words, keeping our eyes on God, knowing that he is greater than that. I want you to listen to me carefully. Even though I may be in the midst of something that could destroy me, there is someone greater than it in my midst. Amen. You know, I, I was tested COVID, positive for COVID about three or four weeks ago. <laughs> you know, I just so appreciate Pastor Johnny phoned me, spoke laughing to me, and he said this to me. He said to me, this is not a death sentence. And you know, I think for that moment, I kind of really thought about that. I thought, you can overestimate your enemy or you can underestimate your enemy. They are equally dangerous. We need to realize that even though I may be in the midst or the presence of something that can destroy me, family, there is someone greater in my presence as well. If you take nothing else, take that home with you tonight. Now really, you know, I'm sure some of you have also gone through situations where, where you really look at people and you think, I see what they've been through and I, I just don't think I could make it. I don't think I could do that. I'd like to just for a moment chat about Pastor Horsey. You know, I look at this couple and I'm just amazed at what God has brought them through and how positive they remain. In 2016, he hurt his back and he was battling with it. They were treating it. About a year later, they, they decided they're going to operate on him. Then they said, no, they want to do more tests. And in that time, he lost his father, which was devastating for him. Not long after that, he lost his sister also within that period. And then, family, he was diagnosed with cancer. And since the beginning of this year, he's been in and out of hospital with dialysis because his kidneys are failing. And yet, I have never heard them ever say a single negative thing out of their mouth. I, I honestly stand in awe. But you see, here's the thing. For some of us, we're in the middle of that situation and we're so focused on what is happening that we don't see God in it. And we just need to maybe zoom out a little bit and see the presence of God and then somehow His grace is sufficient for us. Amen. And so really, you know, what they've realized, if, as I say, if I look at them, they've realized that God's grace is sufficient no matter what the pain is that you are going through. He is greater than anything that we could be experiencing. And so right now, if you are in a situation where you are experiencing pain, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether, whether it's, it's relational or financial or whatever it might be, I would like you really just to bring that to the forefront of your mind right now. And really just, we're going to give it to God. We're just going to say, Father, I want to leave this with you today. Would you just bow your heads? I'd just like to pray with you if I may. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient, Father. I want to pray, Father, for every single person that's been going through a rough time, Father, that's been experiencing pain and painful situations, Father. And I just pray that tonight you turn things around, Father, that you deliver people, Father, that you set people free, Father, that we would have a revelation, Father, that you are bigger than anything that we would face. And thank you, Father, that as we give us your, our weaknesses tonight, Father, your grace is sufficient for us and that your power is released over us right now. In the name of Jesus, we receive from you 
that which we need to set us free, to make us whole in Jesus' mighty name. Just receive it, family. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Jesus. There are people here tonight that maybe you've, you've never actually made Jesus the Lord of your life. You don't even know if your sins have been forgiven. You don't even know if maybe you're going, if you're going to heaven or not. And I'd like to just right now make this, give you an opportunity to do that because the Bible says if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we believe he took our sins, he, will for, he forgives us and he makes us whole and we become a child of God. And if that's you tonight and you want to be sure that you're going to heaven, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just in a moment just ask you to raise your hand. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know what? I had so much stuff going on in my life. I, I almost feel like I've turned my back on God and I want to rededicate my life right now. If that's you, I'm on a count to three. I'd like to include you in this prayer. Let me count right now. You want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord or you just feel that you really want to know that you know that you have a place in heaven. One, two, three, just where you are. Raise your hand. If you're online right now, just raise your hand right there where you are in the other venues. Just raise your hand right there where you are. It'll never be easier than right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you, there's a war going on in your heart right now. Just raise your hand. Jesus will give you the peace that you've been looking for. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray with you. Would you just say this after me? Thank you, Father that you gave me Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you came. You took my sins on the cross and I receive you now as my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you that I will live for you. Help me to forgive all those who have hurt me. I am now a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, there are many that have raised your hands, and I'm so grateful to God. Congratulations to all of you. And right now, I'd like to just give you your next steps, but I want to hand over to the venue host right now. If you'd like to take it from here, I want to invite you, if you would just take your belongings, if you would just go with the person, the dream teamer that's with you, they're going to quickly take you to a place of prayer. They're also going to give you some stuff that will help you take your next steps. So can we just give them a warm welcome as they go in Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.